Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. Okay. You ruined it because you started singing it before we started recording, and I was like, oh, shit. I did. Shit. I did like, start I... singing it before. That did happen. You ruined it. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. I can't trust you ever. Jing, jing, jing with the bell. It's so, it's catchy, right? Yeah, it's catchy. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Kind of <laughs> I am breathing. Oh, good. I don't know if I'm living so oh, much, but I'm breathing. Having a day? No, you know, sometimes... You kind of did have a day. Me, that was so emo, all of our texts today. <laughs> no, you read it as me being emo. No, she was being emo, guys. I don't know. It's the winter blues, you know? It's yeah. cold outside. Oh, it's it's dark. It's like a mother today, too. The whole weekend yeah. was ruined by the snow. It's dark outside. Like, it's dark. I've been working... Yeah. At 7 a.m. So, like, I wake up at 6 and it's dark. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done by, like, 4 and it's, and it's dark. And it's dark, yeah. Canada, you know? It's what you what you get. Free health care, but the weather makes you depressed. The weather actively makes you depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> January is rough. I'm actually looking forward to January this year. I'm taking, like, two weeks off. Oh, yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to, like, do my stay vacation. Yeah. Staycation. Staycation. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Mita. I know you watched a movie over the weekend, and you're not going to give me the review, but I'm curious to know the thoughts mm-hmm. about it without being, I like, detailed. I watched two movies this oh weekend. Oh, my God. Which one? I know you watched I, Power of the Dog. I did watch Power of the Woof Woof. Yeah. And <laughs> I also watched King Richard. Oh. oh. Okay. So first, give me your, your very over thoughts for Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog is a fine movie it is well directed acted it's beautiful to watch it's well written but it did not take my breath away okay yeah that is how i feel did you expect it to i want i there's so much hubbub about it right there was a lot of like Oh, Kirsten Dunst might finally get an Oscar. I don't think anyone's talking about powerful the dog about specifically Kirsten Dunst but Sure. I, okay, that's the conversation I've been yes, having in my head, yeah, I guess. And I and do you think she will get talks, a nomination? I think based off what I've seen so far this year, yeah, I think she will get a nomination. Um, but there has been a lot of talk about it winning Best Picture or being nominated for Best Picture. I'm not wrong and crazy there. It's a front right? runner. It's right. Um, and I do think it is a really it's a good movie. It's good. It's done really well. But I wasn't like blown amazed. away. Yeah. And I, but I do also think I, it's on Netflix, right? That's where I watched it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is a big factor. Like watching it on a big screen might. Watching it, seeing it in a movie theater might have a different mm. feeling towards it. But then like, it's kind of weird. Like as much as I love the accessibility that we have now to these movies yeah, and to be absolutely. able to experience them, it kind of tarnishes them in a yeah. way. Like they're like back in the day, I've only really like started watching Oscar movies in the last like decade or so. But back in the day, there was a lot of excitement of like purchasing a ticket and knowing you're going to see this movie because it's looking, it has all this buzz Buzz, surrounding it. And like, it was kind of like, have you seen this yet? Oh yeah. It feels eventy. Whereas like 
power of the dog is like, oh, did you laze around at home and just turn it on? Yeah. Did you watch it like Wednesday night after dinner? Like, <laughs> yeah. Not... Did you watch it in parts? Yeah. Yeah. Like it all, it feels a little dirty. I remember actually the first time that happened was with Roma when mm-hmm. Roma was getting all the buzz and like things that were happening and it was hard to watch it. And I, the, we actually watched it the night before the Oscars. And I remember watching it and being like, what was all the hubbub about? But then I yeah. got to the end and it kind of like, it was one of those weird movies that like, as this movie was finishing, I was just like, oh, this was lovely. Like, I really did like it after the fact. But that was a movie that on big screen, I think would have been transformational. Like, I really yeah. think that like, the way that movie is made, it's meant to be on a big screen, not not from the like comfort of your sofa. It's true. And that's kind of how I'm feeling with this. I'm okay. really curious of what it would be like to watch it in a theater, but I don't think anybody is playing it here. Maybe at one of the art houses, like Mayfair oh. by Town. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So the reason I haven't seen it and I won't be seeing it soon is I'm going to wait for my home theater to be finished. Oh. And then I'm going to watch it. Is that your small talk? That was it. That's all I'm saying about that. But that's what I'm saying is that any of the movies, any of the Oscar movies releasing, for our listeners, I am getting a home theater done in my basement (laughs) in like a designated theater room. And so it should be done by the end of this year, but I'm not going to watch any of the Netflix movies or like Amazon movies. I think like Being the Ricardo should be coming out soon. Like I'm not watching any of these until this is done because like it's so on the corner. And I, I truly believe no matter the movie, it's always better on a big screen. Yeah. It's always, always, always better on a big screen. And like, you could be watching like Shallow Hell and you would have enjoyed Shallow Hell more on a big screen than you would at home. I mean, that's debatable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that it's like a big margin with Shallow Hell, but like... But it is. There is something about the experience of seeing it on a larger format than your tiny television screen at home. Which segues into... Yes. Your thoughts on King Richard? King Richard is too long. <laughs> my my short notes are too long, needs more tennis. <laughs> Interesting. I felt like I enjoyed learning about their father and, and their history because there was, I mean, like I was really young. I was a baby when yeah. Serena and Venus were like coming up in the tennis ranks. So I only know them as Serena and Venus. Like I vaguely understood that they were from Compton and they mm-hmm. had like practiced on tennis courts um like in the city courts, there yeah. and like it pardon? Like public courts. Yeah, on public courts and then like made their way, but I didn't really understand that. And so it was it was nice to learn that. I just it was so dragged out. Yeah, it was really long really long and the other thing is like i just feel like tennis is so exciting to watch Mm. and like you can do a lot with that and i just i would have liked to seen some more tennis in it what did you think of mr smith he's fine he's not i did not i was not moved by his performance i think the character itself like the way it's written i don't really see it as that much of a challenging role for somebody interesting yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I could still see the challenges of it. Mm-hmm. He does commit to it. But it also just kind of reminded me of Will Smith, if Will yeah. Smith was a tennis yes, coach. Dad. Yes, that's exactly it. But <laughs> right? you tell me, and again, fewer words, Will Smith is a front runner for Best Actor, and so is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Benedict is up for Best Actor? Mm-hmm. 
That's a really... <sighs> Benedict has more... Even from the trailer, you could tell that's a more interesting role. It's more interesting. There's yeah. there's more from the sense that I have now is there's act- more work put into it. Yeah. Like that's not his regular voice. You know, yeah. he himself, if you watch him in interviews and you like know his personality yeah. outside of being an actor, it, he's not a, like a cowboy from yeah. the 1900s. Right. And so I do think that the, I, w- I would give it to Benedict over Will Smith. Okay. Mimita. Interesting. I think Will Smith is just fine, but like I don't, I think I could put any other actor in that role. You know who I actually really liked in King Richard, who is not getting as much notice as they should, is, let me just... John, John Bernathal, what's his name? John Bernathal? No, what is oh. her name? It's... Oh, the mom. Anjane Ellis? Yes, who plays yes. their mother. Who's so, was so good. good and so like I didn't expect that she was really really Will good. Will Smith's performance is good because of her. Yeah, yeah, I think she's excellent. Did you know? And this actually really irritated me about King Richard. And I'm not spoiling yeah. anything um, about the movie, but in the movie, the daughters, the five daughters, there are. Yeah. Richard's daughters are only Serena and Venus. Yeah. I did not know that. Did you know they have like nine siblings? Yeah, I know because she, again, there's a scene later on in the movie where yeah. the mother talks about that. But the movie at no point makes the distinction that those are not his kids. Um, there's in in the scene that we're talking about, he says like, "Where would you be without me? You'd be a, in an apartment by yourself with three daughters." Y- yeah, he does. Which that I think is it, like thin. Do you think that that's like a really? important thing to specify because he also did help raise them like who's why do we need to say like he's not the biological to me it feels disingenuous Mm -hmm. like it feels like it isn't important information that they hid but to me i felt like i felt duped part of me was just like oh i felt like you kind of lied then don't go see house of gucci (laughs) (laughs) that's my advice if you feel duped there you go don't go see House of Gucci. Did your dad like King Richard? I didn't watch it. Oh, you just went on. <laughs> I watched my I've gotten tired of waiting for people. That's so. very fair. <laughs> yeah. What's next on the list before we get to the trolley? West Side Story comes out on this Friday. week yeah. on Friday. Today is Monday, December 6th, 2021. So that's next. And then I was starting to make my list. Now I'm going to check it twice and find out who's naughty or nice west side story i'm going to see on a big screen yeah for a variety of reasons house of gucci was supposed to be on that list but you have made it very clear do not waste my time doing that you can watch it at home yeah yeah that's a big screen for you yeah there's a lot of stuff that's coming out via streaming that you know a lot of the big things are coming out via streaming being the ricardos yep don't look up coda coda out yet Mm, yeah i think coda's available places Okay. I might go see see what I can do about that. I do want to see Licorice Pizza. Yeah, Licorice Pizza. Because I just want to see Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And now I'm debating Nightmare oh, Alley. Oh, Nightmare Alley. I was just going to say, that's the other big one. Because oh, I don't... and Don't Look Up. D- didn't I just say Don't Look Up? Did you? I might have not I been said, paying attention Don't Look attention Up and Being the Ricardos is coming out on streaming. Oh, yes. Okay. So to see yeah. in theater, it's really just West Side. West Side in theater... 
I ha- wrote down, come on, come on, but I don't think I'm going to go see it. I, yeah. And how is the tragedy of Macbeth coming to us? Apple. Oh. Apple TV. Yeah, I don't know. This just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I Oh, I also, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. We need to get going, but quickly, how was that? I enjoyed it. Mm. There you go. That's it. That's it. Bye. I I, I like musicals. I yeah. like Rent. Oh, God. <laughs> I think Rent is so overrated. Even as a play. Sorry, even as a musical. I don't know if you'll love Tick, 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 Boom, Tick, Boom then. Because yeah. it is very much him. But he has an interesting story. I actually think you would find it really interesting in terms of like what it's like to be a creative and have yeah, all fine. this pressure on you and having to perform and, and write something and deliver. Um, because even though it com- came so naturally to him, there's a lot of pressure around yeah. him as well. And that sort of um, informed his his choices. I hated the movie. And I only saw Rent or Tick, Tick, Boom? No, Rent. The movie. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then I recently saw Rent on the stage. And I was mm-hmm. just, I didn't hate it. I appreciated it a lot more. But I was very underwhelmed by it too. Do you like the songs though? Mm, no. 525,000. Oh, God, I hate that song. But Nadim, how do you... Otherwise, how how do you you measure a year? I don't. In daylight. (laughs) Anyways, that's enough of that. I'm like, I am naturally segueing. We watched a movie this week. We did. (laughs) We did. We watched our third movie in the holiday season, which was picked by Mitha. Mitha, what did we watch? This week, we skipped to our loo and we watched Meet Me in St. Louis. 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 <laughs> not Lewis. Meet me in St. Louis. Yes. Yeah, we did. So before did. you go into why we watched St. Louis, I'm going to give mm-hmm. us a quick IMDb discro. Yes. Young love and childish fears highlight a year in the life of a turn-of-the-century family. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah. about right. <laughs> we meet the, I want to say Smith family. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we meet the Smith family. Um, which is composed of one, two, three, four, five children. The oldest being a boy who's off at Princeton. Mm-hmm. Uh, two teenage daughters, although okay, they're teenagers, Teenage. But they, they look like they're like thirty. Yeah, pushing <laughs> yeah. forty. <laughs> the forties were interesting. Yeah, and then two younger daughters as well. And it's about their their lives and this whole year of them living in St. Louis. Um, and then they also come to learn that their father is going to uproot them to New York City. And they're miserable about it. <laughs> that generally is the movie. Yeah. yeah. And why I picked it for oh, you. Yeah, talk to me about that. <laughs> so, again... I'm a planner. Mm. And so I was looking at like, what are Christmas movies that we could watch? And this came up on some lists. And this movie goes over like an entire year of this family's lives. And the Christmas scenes in it are very minuscule, but they have a large impact in the overall tone of the film. So I was like, oh, this is good. And but I, I was, I couldn't truly decide if I wanted to watch this or not only because I don't remember watching it but okay. I know I have watched it it's always been one of those things it's just like on on like Turner classic movies mm-hmm. or like whatever and so I know I'd seen it on TV and I've seen parts of it before so then I thought well if there's ever a time to get in to meet me in St. Louis it's now so I want to say something because I want you to remember what I'm going to say I'm oh. actually just in the middle of editing the shop around the corner right now. Yeah. So 
I want to ask you, do you feel mm. like the two movies you picked here were movies to watch before the end of the world? You don't have to answer this right now. Okay. You could answer it before your rating. Okay. But I will keep it in my hat. I do Is want to know. I do, want to, I do want to know your thoughts on that. Okay. But yeah, not similar to Shop Around the Corner, this wasn't something that like mm. I hold dear to my heart. And yeah. I feel like Nadim needs to see this before the end of the world. But I thought, okay, it follows along the theme of Christmas and holidays. And mm. I've seen it and I didn't not like it. So <laughs> let's just do it. I don't know. It's a terrible reason, but I still put it. On <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for you, the holiday thing is it was important. You like doing yeah. that. So that's why you picked I love them. a theme. Yeah, you love a theme. <laughs> so that's why you did it. There you go. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious, how do you feel about Meet Me in... Or first, tell me what you know about Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> My experience with Meet Me in St. Louis is limited. I had, yes. I think, heard the trolley song mm-hmm. in the like zeitgeist. Yeah. I think I heard it first in an episode of The Simpsons. Okay. I think Millhouse sings it once. Not Millhouse, really? sorry. Oh, what's his name? The Bart. nerdy friend. No, Ralph. No, Ralph. not Ralph. It's, Ralph Wiggums? No, it's one of like... Uh, Nelson? No, Nelson there's another one. He's the nerdy one. And he Mil- always sang... Anyways, huh? Is Mil- it Lewis? Mil- no, it's not Millhouse. Mil- there's another one. Sorry. He wears the white t-shirt. It's not Millhouse. There's another one. Okay. Anyways. I think that was my first experience of it. And I heard it throughout the years. And then... I found out that that song was from a movie called Meet Me in St. Louis after watching the Sex and the City movie. <laughs> so that was where that all kind of came together. I've never been a huge fan of Judy Garland. Okay. I've just never, like, fine. Wizard of Oz is the Wizard of Oz. And, like, that yeah. is, I think, separate. I think she's a part of that. Yeah, she's I don't like think. She's not, like, the standout to me. But, yeah. like, she's part of that magic. Yeah. She is a part of the magic. But I think a part of that is you know, somewhere over the rainbow. It's really, mm-hmm. it is a thing. It's like spectacular. It's a, yeah, it's spectacular. It's a spectacular performance. I can really appreciate, especially after watching this, I don't know why, but why she's a gay icon. <laughs> like, it's a weird thing. Like, after watching her sing, I'm like, yeah, the gays would like this. <laughs> and I don't know why, but, like, that's what I got. So those are the things I knew about this movie. And I did go in yeah. otherwise relatively blind watching this. So... Here are my takeaway points. Yeah. I was actually quite charmed by this initially. Like I did find it, it started off really cute and I was there for the family and there for the girls. And some of the songs were cute. Although they sang that like Meet Me in St. Louis Louis song like nine times. And I'm just like, it's time to move on, guys. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to meet you. (laughs) I'm not going to meet you. Like, let's move on. But that song, the Skip to the Malou song. yeah, was a very it was very fun, very nicely choreographed. Like there is some moments like that. It is very charming. Yeah. The charm wore off for me though. Oh. By the time we got to the end. Okay. So this reminded me. So I there is not much going on in this movie. It is like a way for thin storyline. And I don't even know you could if you could call it a storyline. Yeah. You couldn't make this movie today. You couldn't make this movie today. Like there's not anything ha- like Usually what the IMDb description has is, like, the general idea of what the movie is. This is actually exactly what the movie is. There's nothing. It is about a family living in St. Louis and the slight romantic escapades of one of them. This is Seinfeld. 
This is, but not as clever, not as fun. <laughs> not as funny. This is just a, a 1940s movie version yeah. of Seinfeld. But Muita, what this is, yes. this is a classic Bollywood film. Oh it my gosh, I'm so glad you say that. It is structurally exactly that. <laughs> it is structurally, it is, it builds on so much of those same notions. And my biggest takeaway after watching it is like, so the West at one point watched Bollywood movies and loved them. Loved them. Held them dear to their Held hearts. Held them dear to souls. their hearts. This is a Bollywood film. But can I just say, not even a great Bollywood film because there's but... no story here. No, there's no story. There's no obstacles. When the father comes in and is like, we're moving to New York. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, that's not credit. There's no stakes. So one of the first things I noticed, though, when I was watching, I actually had the opposite reaction of you. I was kind of bored in the okay. beginning and just sort of like whatever. And I got more excited okay. as I went on because I do think there's more meat towards yeah, the ending. Yeah, that's true. Um, a lot more stuff happens. Like Halloween is really exciting to me. I love the character of Tootie so much. She's so, irritated me. She's so adorable. That's going to be your kid. No, she's God, God forbid. <laughs> but um, one of the first notes that I wrote is like, is this the plot of Dilvala Zelenyele? No, it isn't. Because Where it's like, it's a father who is super angry for like no reason and wants to control his daughter's lives. There's one daughter who like has a gentleman caller who might be, you know, calling the home and is interested in getting married and they're all scared of their dad and they have to like maneuver around the dad to try to get this to work so that she can talk to her potential fiance. And like, I was like, is this a DJL? But then it didn't, it didn't happen. No, because can I just say, not to talk, not to make this into a conversation about Dilvali Dulhenile Jenge, which for our listeners who don't watch Bollywood films is my all-time favorite movie of like all the movies in the world. I absolutely mm -hmm. adore this film. But the father's aggression in Dilvali Dulhenile Jenge is actually rooted in a lot of other things. It's rooted in his displacement from his home. It's rooted in his lack of ability to like fit in. There's actually a lot going on there. There's a lot of context. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of complexity to his character. Whereas we're given that context, yeah. Whereas this guy's angriness is kind of like sitcommy. Yeah, like I can he, see that. He's mm -hmm. kind of just like an angry dad for no reason. For no reason, he's just like, like a, he has a five kids. Yeah, he has five <laughs> kids. He works a hard job. That's it. I mean, he wants I the roast beef like. sliced instead of like shredded. It's corn beef. Corn beef, fine. <laughs> Whatever it is, but like that's all it is. This actually though reminded me of. Interestingly enough, we have talked about this a lot. And again, I apologize to our listeners who don't listen to Bollywood films, but like, hang on here. This is Hamapke Hikon. Oh my gosh. But not as fun. Not even but close, Mita. <laughs> not even kind of close. Because Hamapke Hikon is a movie about nothing, thinly built on two people's relationship. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is that let's forget the fact that the end happens in Hamapke Hikon where, you know, a main character dies and like it really changes things. And like the stakes and the meat go like right up right away. Yeah. Even the first three hours of the film, which is just their relationship, that relationship builds so slowly and so like seductively almost. There's Yeah, you're actually invested in it. You are. And you're invested in the building of the relationship. Whereas here, the relationship between... Esther and John is kind it's, of it, it's kind of non-existent it's kind of and yeah and it's you 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 don't care as much and I think builds into that notion of like what falling in love is and kind of 
that toxic nature that yeah. women have sometimes where they think that just like one or two conversations and then he'll be ready to marry me. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah, all it was. A, and that's all that's all she needed. Like yeah. from the sky. Also, she's in high school and she's talking about getting married. Yeah. Like, but I mean, also it was 1940. Sure. And like, four. I'll give it that. Well, it's meant to take place at the turn of the centuries from the 1900s. There so, you go. There is that. But yeah. generally speaking, I just found it agreeable. Mm-hmm. But my biggest takeaway was just like, oh my God, you guys made Bollywood films at one point. <laughs> you haven't really watched a lot of American musicals, have you? No. I've watched a no. lot of like newer stuff, but not like yeah. this era. Mm. Like I, I, I said, I haven't some... really watched a lot of Judy Garland or like the Streisand Perhaps. or, you know, but Barbara is even a little later too. Yeah, she is. She's like 60s. Yeah. I might make some edits to my list oh, just based on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about right now. Because you haven't watched so many. But you're right. This is totally a Bollywood film. And, and the Metacritic kind of score is 94. Because they're all into Bollywood and they don't even realize it. <laughs> that's my thing. That's honestly my biggest takeaway. It was more just like that. And the other thing was I I didn't love this. Mm-hmm. But I can see why other people do. Because it's the same reason people love Bollywood films. Hmm. I think, though, people at this of this time, of the 40s and the 50s, mm-hmm. they liked it because it's so earnest and it's just like, oh, a, a lovely American family. I see yeah. myself in them. Yeah. If they saw a bunch of brown people doing this, I don't think that they would be able to but accept But I think that's that. the reason I don't like this and why mm-hmm. I like Tamapke Hikon because I can see myself in that life. In this, I'm just kind of like bored of it. Right? Like, okay, great, you're going to go to this world fair. Or, like, even the kids, the what they were doing during Halloween. I have I was what? Talk to me about that, Mita. A muck and, like, throwing salt. Yeah. <laughs> Flour. The slaps I would have gotten. Like, what was going on? That whole Halloween sequence took me out completely. I was just like, is this what kids did in, like, the, at the turn of the century for Halloween? As like, Have you heard of, like, Mischief Night? Kinda? Mischief Night is the night before Halloween, I think. Okay. I could be totally wrong and off base. But it's like basically you just go around and throw eggs at cars and you take toilet papers and you TP oh, people's cool. houses and like you get into mischief. And I think that's what this is in this movie that the two younger daughters are getting into yeah. mischief on Halloween and like they're running around. They're pretending as though they're being chased by Ghouls? I didn't. I mean, I don't understand. You're asking me questions, but I have no context. And They're being I think chased that... by banshees. Banshees. Okay. That's what it is. And in order to survive the banshees, they need to kill them with flour. And so they go to their neighbors' houses and throw flour at their faces. And the grandfather of this family encourages the two yeah. young girl. He's like, this is how you need to do it. Otherwise, you won't get rid of those banshees. And it's just, it's so left field. And watching it, though, I and hearing you say this about Hamapke Kone, what would people think about the whole premise of Jute de do Pesiledo? Oh, yeah. What are people going to, like, why at weddings do we steal the groom's shoes and yeah. then ask for money in return? That's, so that's an Indian tradition where traditionally the bride's sister's sister or like cousins or like whoever is closest to the bride will the goal is to steal the groom's shoes and for Mm -hmm. him to buy them back so to pay the sister or the cousin's money to get back the shoes and so yeah the movie that actually made this a popular 
tradition. Like, it's always been a tradition, but it wasn't really a big deal. Is this movie, Hamab Gehekon, has a song that is still popular to this day. And the yeah. whole sequence, it, it's a great sequence, by the way. When they, like, go into the room it's, and they fall into the bed and, like... They break a they bed. They break a bed together and then he, like, lets her go. It's amazing. Anyways... <sighs> All I have to say is that, like, that movie kind of revolutionized that. But again, I can see it. But the thing about Hamapke Hekon Mita is, like, let's separate audience to audience. Yeah. Jute do Peselo is still a tradition done today. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, these Halloween traditions in St. Meatly in St. Louis are not. They're not <laughs> yeah. relevant. So I can totally see white people or non, like, non, like, other from another culture watching this and being like, what the hell is this? It's so is, confusing. Whereas yeah. any brown person who watches Hamapiaikon will identify that. The other thing, though, is like when we think about those things, those things that would be irrelevant to a white audience watching a Bollywood film, those things still help drive the plot. Like yes. in that one musical number, we fi- we like see the attraction between the two yes. main characters. And we also see that like, OK, he really does like her because he's going to give up. The, yes. the shoes to her like you know it, it. and even though you know like when that sequence happens and they fall on the bed and he grabs her hand you're like he's gonna let her go that whole sequence where he like lets her go and she realizes what's happened and she runs down the stairs and like and she's like so happy she's so happy she, yeah. and then she like looks at him and their eyes meet it's electric it is i got shivers <laughs> it's electric about. it's still so enticing to watch and like it's a I romance. Misha this just doesn't... I think the issue is, is that Esther and John just don't have chemistry either. No, Their romance really... is so flat. And if it's meant to be the driving force of this movie or the drive... Like, what is the driving force? What is holding up this movie? I really can't tell you. <laughs> it's Judy Garland's voice. I think that that's really what attracted people to this is that she is a very good singer. She's a very She's gifted singer. Very talented. But watching it, I was like, this woman does not want to be in this movie. And then I read the IMDb trivia and was like... She didn't want to be? She did not want to be in this movie. Really? So she, at the time, she was like in her 20s. And she's like, I don't want to play high school characters anymore. I don't want to play young women like that. And I think MGM and Vincent Minnelli, who directed this, like really convinced her like, no, Judy, do it. She also was under contract with them and like... The way stars worked back then was a lot different than it is now. And so she kind of got forced into doing it and they had to convince her. But you can tell, like watching something like The Wizard of Oz and this, you can tell her heart's not into it. Yeah. Yeah. She also caused like some trouble on set too. She didn't get along with the... Um, the the woman who played her sister, whose name oh, Rose. Rose. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, she didn't get along with Rose. I think she probably felt overshadowed. She also was like at the time battling her addictions, and I think this yeah. was the start of it for her. At this point, I don't know if it was like pills or alcohol. Either I feel or. so bad talking about it because she's well. She know? passed. She passed. She's also would have passed by this point, regardless. Yes. But she was battling it while filming this movie as well. And this is sort of where it started. But interestingly, she then goes and falls in love with the director of this film and marries him and has a child named Liza. Yeah, Liza. And I think this that is what the attraction of this movie is today. It is for the gays. It is for the musical theater nerds. It's for all of us that love this era. This I- the idea that she falls in love with the director and has this uh, child who then becomes the next gay icon. Yeah. I don't think you can relate to that. 
But I mean, there's <laughs> things about like gay culture and stuff that I think anybody can, can relate to. I think people will look at someone like Lady... I can watch Lady Gaga and be like, I can see why you're behind this. Like, I can totally Judy understand that. Judy Garland was that. like the Lady Gaga yeah, of her she time. Was. I watched yeah. Judy. I got it. <laughs> Did you like Judy? I didn't like I Judy. I didn't like Judy. I thought okay, it was kind you. of bland, actually, and a little boring. Renee Zellweger is very good in it, She's but the movie itself it. is really quite lackluster. I think her award is not is warranted. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I like, it I was just... a bit of a comeback as well. Like, Yeah, we hadn't seen her in so long. No. She has a new face. Can I also say that Judy Garland's voice kind of pisses me off? Like her singing voice. She's a very gifted singer, but she mm. also has a very specific way of singing. It's very like this. Like it's kind of slowed down. It's like talk singing. Yeah. yeah. Clang, clang, clang with clang, the trolley. Clang, clang, clang. <laughs> like, but that's also the music of the time. Like that's w- yeah, how the talk music singing. is written. She's reading the notes. Yeah. I would love to see like if she if she continued to live, like what she would have done later in her career because in judy you see that people only want to hear the old stuff from her they don't really want anything new no i think i think this movie is also a great example we've talked a lot about this this season is the Mm -hmm. nostalgia yeah there's a lot i think it's a simpler time it's a simpler movie again i this personally wasn't my jam but i can absolutely see why other people do like it and why Mm -hmm. I can see that, like, if you grew up in a household with your grandparents and they love this movie, how you grew up during Christmas watching this and, like, you just fell in love with it. Like, the memories it brings back. It's not the, it's not always about the movie itself. It's the connection to the movie and what mm-hmm. that means and what that, like, instills in you. So that's why when you're watching this movie that doesn't have a storyline, you don't care because the things you remember are how it made you feel. Yeah. My connection to this movie now is that we watched it for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And I was able no. to be as harsh about it as I wanted to be. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. With the trolley. It's so hard not. It's so hard not to sing the songs after, though. That's the only song. You haven't been singing Skip to a Loo, my dog. No, a little bit. but And like, have yourself a merry little Christmas, because I've been singing that for days. I mean, now. it is also Christmas season right now. Yeah, and it... It's perfect. That's why I chose this movie for this time. <laughs> so then answer me before we get, we're not, I mean, it, yeah, I think, I don't really have I don't, much I else to say. I don't really have anything else. I don't really have anything to say about this movie. <laughs> it was quite nothing. And I was, I'm actually, before we get anywhere, I'm actually surprised at how nothing it is. Because mm-hmm. it is a pretty famous movie. Well, that goes into and Louise from St. Louis in Sex of the City makes such a big deal about it. Such a big deal. We, Jennifer Hudson owes us an apology. Um, (laughs) Why is this a big deal of a movie? Okay, well, to go to your question of like, do I think this is a movie to watch before the end of the world? When I made this list and I decided what my two movies for December were going to be because Mm -hmm. I need to stick to a theme. I, when I made the list, I was like, shop around the corner will probably be a write-off and just be like a whatever, which is okay. You can have some duds in our list. And I thought that this was going to be like, yes, we, we yeah. need to watch this. It's like one of the greatest musicals of all time. And now I feel the exact opposite. Yeah. In that Shop Around the Corner is so, is also a movie about nothing, but has so much. I wouldn't say that say? actually. You would, in, if you're look in a broad spectrum, like not, I think it's, 
it's a romantic comedy, but it's yeah. like the purest romantic comedy you can watch and like really nails what a romantic comedy should be. Yeah. And that's all done through like supporting characters and nothing with the main cast, which is really interesting enough. But a movie that not many people have seen, or at least people I know have seen, and I feel like they should watch yeah. because of how heartwarming and endearing it is and like how terrible that it's been reimagined so many times over, but you really should see the original yeah. because they reimagined it for a reason. Mm -hmm. They want that same that same feeling. But Meet Me in St. Louis was just like, okay, like this isn't an, an afternoon. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Like it is, that is why I, I don't really have high regards from it from like seeing it on TCM because like I think it was just on in the background yeah. and I never really paid attention to it and didn't know it. I just know the songs. And it's so interesting to me that this has such a strong following and it's on all the lists of like, best musicals of all time and like Christmas movies that you should watch. Yeah. Make sure that you see with your families because I didn't have any of those feelings. And so I wouldn't say that this is a movie you need to watch before the end of the world. No, I actually, I, I very much agree with what you're saying about like, I think you should watch The Shop Around the Corner. It's this little movie that you didn't know you kind of needed to watch. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot better than I think you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. That's sad. This is not. This is, this, is, this is forgettable. It really but is. But you watch it because it's a part of the lexicon. Yeah. But why is it part of the lexicon? Yeah. That I just don't know. I don't know. Like there's no, I wasn't invested in the love story, which is supposed to be the main story yeah. there. The only character I liked you hated, which is Tootie, the youngest daughter. Who, I did like, not like Toots. Who became like, people loved her in this. She became the star of this yeah, movie. Yeah, she was actually yeah. quite annoying as a kid. No, she... It, Come on. She, she's a little kid, Nadim. <laughs> she was an actress. She has the best lines. She's talking about like dolls and cemeteries and dead people. <laughs> I was so quite random. underwhelmed. Oh, I, well, I love Tootie and I am thankful for Tootie and Meet Me in St. Louis. But even just like the supporting character, like you have the this maid who's supposed to be like a laugh riot and isn't, and the parents are kind of just there. Like everybody is just there. Yeah. I don't feel the heart and I don't feel like there are really anybody putting oomph into their performances. Yeah. yeah. Do you have sequel people ideas? I kind of want to see, like, what happens after the World Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did, one, did they find the French restaurant? Did they go to Do dinner? Did they go to the French restaurant? Yeah. What did they order? Yeah. Like, did they have duck? Because I feel like they wouldn't want to eat duck. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And I kind of want to know, uh, Tootie, what, what are you up to these days? Where does Tootie go? What does she do? Days? Like, when Tootie says that John Truitt tried to kill her. Yeah. What, <laughs> oh, uh, Tootie. Why don't you give me a rating, too? the same time while we're at it um so i mean i guess i kind of already gave my my gist when i could yeah. think about the two movies that i i picked for the winter i really i thought i really did think that this was going to be something yeah and i think that has so much to do with the lexicon and what you hear and so to all those critics <laughs> and to all the people who give it a 90 96 or 98 4 94 that's on high. metacritic yes not Rotten Tomatoes. No, it is a universally like applauded movie. And I'm just like, why? 
I don't... 94. ...understand. There's so many, like, 100 score, like, 10 out of 10 scores. And I also don't think, like, we're being disrespectful because you and I are two people who, yes, are young in age, but also do appreciate... But I'm saying a black and white movie is better than this color film. <laughs> so I don't think that's it. I will say that the songs in this are catchy. Sure. And... But I think they are catchy because we know them so well today. So like somebody who's never seen this before can listen to the music and be like, I know this song. I've heard it a thousand times. Mm. Whereas like if this was like fresh to you, you're like, are these actually really well-written songs for a musical? Because I don't think that they are. Clang, clang, this clang, clang the trolley is your, is your <laughs> song. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> you missed my rent joke. Oh, this... oh. <laughs> sorry. I, I walked over your rent joke. Oh, Do you yeah. want to say it again? I said that this isn't rent. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say it's not West Side Story. Where America, it's not West Side Story. Where, like, it's not even like Hamilton, which is yeah. like... Um, it's not right. even Greece. <gasps> oh my God, I love Greece. <laughs> but you know, Greece isn't like a great musical, but at least that music has like function. Right? And it's like... This is just sort of yeah, like... Like what the hell is clang, clang, clang with the trolley? What is Skip to Aloo, my darling? Yeah. It is super catchy, but like only because I've heard it a million times. Yeah. Exactly. And so I don't, I, I'm so flabbergasted because I can't separate like what makes this so special and what makes this yeah. so endearing to people because I just don't have that emotional mm-hmm. connection to it. So if you do have that emotional connection, let me know. Yeah. I will say though, I do, I do really enjoy watching her saying, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah. Like it is, that's very nice. And if you're going to, watch it this christmas just watch that scene search it on youtube judy yeah. garland have yourself a merry little christmas meet me in st louis because it is really nice to see that and like very it gives you all the christmas form yeah. and fuzzies but again i don't know why this is so admired yeah. and i'm having a hard time like coming up with why people would like this so for that reason i'm gonna give it two okay that feels right yeah yeah, it feels, it's so weird. My mind is just like, that's low. This is like, this is Mimi and St. Louis. People love this. But like, no, Mita, I'm giving it two. <laughs> I no, have to have a go with, with your myself. Go with your gut. Yeah. Let's go with the gut. Two. Yeah, I feel very similar to you. I just don't, like, I, I'm a little, again, and I actually enjoyed this originally. Like, while I was watching it, I was very, I was charmed by it. I actually thought it was quite, quite endearing. I thought Judy Garland was nice. Like, I actually thought it was, it had its charm, but mm-hmm. it really started to, like, thin out on me by the end. Like, I lost interest by the end. I didn't really care about things. Like, I didn't really, I kind of, especially towards the end, I was just kind of like, okay, let's just finish it off. And that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good feeling. Whereas something like Shop Around the Corner, I didn't have that. And, like, Shop Around the Corner also does drag on a little bit. Especially with that romance, like, you're kind of just like, okay, let's, like, wind this up. But I wasn't sitting there like, okay, let's get the, let, I I just want to turn it off. Like, I'm done with this. And Mm -hmm. I was done with Meet Me in St. Louis. The artistry is in the film, it's, is, is, sorry, in how the film was shot rather than the film itself. Yeah. Like, that one, again, Skip to My Lou is very well choreographed. It is, it's, Mm -hmm. it's nice to watch. It's fun. And I think that was probably the peak of the movie for me. Because even by clang, clang, clang with the trolley, it starts to like, it starts to kind of waver. It's also things that I feel like in this time have been done. 
Maybe. In this time yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, is there really anything that's innovative about it? Is there? Is there anything that's innovative about this? And, I like, I think you nailed it on the head when it's, like, I think people like this because of Judy Garland. It's mm-hmm. one of her... Is it one of her last movies? In the 40s? I think there were some more. But, like, she was... She was already the star she was. Yeah, like she'd been married and divorced already. I don't know why that has to do with her star power. That's really rude of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. A star is born is 54. Yeah, so she still had some something. What year is Wizard of Oz? 39. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, blah, about this. I don't know why it's big. I do think... The reason it is popular is the nostalgia. Like, it's the only thing to explain it. Like, it's the only mm. reason I can respect why people would like this is just, you know, this. it's the peripherals. It's not the movie itself. It's when you watched it. It's how you watched it. it. Watching things at Christmas when they're warm, it does just make you feel... I don't even celebrate Christmas. But when I watch something like this, if this was had been a good movie, I would have felt warm about it. I would have felt fuzzy. I love watching The Sound of Music around Christmas because, like, yeah. it does have that feeling to it. It is nice. You know, when it's snowing outside and you have some hot chocolate and you put a blanket and a fire, like it is very like, it's easy to get caught up in it. Yeah. And I think if I had that experience having watched this in that those circumstances and maybe not having to watch this as like, like a critic with a critical eye, I might have appreciated it more. But mm-hmm. watching it to, to judge it and like sit back and be like, well, what do I think of this movie? It's really ho-hum. It's re- mm. like, it's very forgettable. It's not something I would recommend to many people because it's just, there's not much going on here. No. It's it's quite forgettable. And yeah, the reason I say two out of five stars is good for you is because it's also good for me. That's also what I'm giving it, two out of five stars. There we go. Yeah. Four total. 94? I'm shocked. How old are these people? I'm shocked because I I think what that actually bothers me more because Bollywood movies in general have such a bad rap with the West. But then like you have crap like this that has a 94 and I'm just like, yo, man, like how is this? How is this considered by a Western perspective to be better than something like Hamaki Hikon? And then I think that a lot of the reason I think I can step back and I can say like I can look at these two pictures is be like, Mm -hmm. I think you have to be South Asian to like Hamapke Hikon. I don't think someone else from another culture can walk into that and feel the same way. Because you know why, Mita? We've gone to weddings like that. Everyone has gone to like a three-day wedding at someone's house. Everyone has experienced those things. Everyone has these things. Everyone has played a game at like night with their cousins. And like, you know what I mean? There's so many things associated with like being South Asian that are put into that movie. That's what it, so like you, you feed off of that, you connect with it. Whereas there's, I have nothing to connect to with this movie. Nothing at all. (laughs) I'm just reading one of the like log lines for people's reviews and the BBC has it as combining some wonderful song and dance routines with a cast of memorable characters. Nope. Meet (laughs) Me in St. Louis is certainly one of the best Hollywood musicals ever. Nope. Nope. It is also one of the least ostentatious. A musical should have some, uh, should be ostentatious. ostentatious. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, why would you want a musical that's not ostentatious? You know what musicals are subtle and fun? None of them. (laughs) (laughs) None of them. Yeah. Wow. What a life. Yeah. What a letdown. 
Sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. You know what? We have to experience Absolutely. to appreciate the good. And I hope you have that attitude when oh, we great. play our game. <laughs> it's time, It's Nadine, time. For different characters. Same world. There we go. Okay, Mita. We. Oui. Christmas movie. Unconventional okay. Christmas movie. But Christmas movie. I might movie. Try. <laughs> And I think once you... There's a reason that this is the last movie of the year. Oh. Yes. Because it is. This is going to... what we're... Don't make me watch New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh. The movie that we were about to watch is going to be the last of the year, so okay. it'll it's a it's a big one. So I'm okay. going to give you three names, three actor names. Okay. okay. Harry Lime, uh huh. Holly Martins, okay. and Endora. Dora. Endora. Not... Wait, what? Endora. E N D O R A. <laughs> not just Dora. Not just Dora. Okay. Okay. Your timer okay. starts now. Um, Harry Lime is from The Third Man. Yep. Okay. But I also think Holly Martins is too. <laughs> was that the, what was that the name? Yep. Okay. So something... Oh my gosh. Are we watching Citizen Kane? We are watching Citizen Kane. Okay. I did it. You Who's did Endora? Endora. <laughs> so uh, Harry Lime is Orson Welles. Yeah. Holly Martins is Joseph Cotton. And okay. Endora is Agnes Moorhead. Okay. From Bewitched. Do 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 do. Oh wait, is that I Dream of Genie? Oh, sorry. I that I was doing I Dream of Genie. Bewitched is do do. Yeah. Do do. Yes, yes. Do 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 Nicole Kidman playing another classic character. But yes, Mita, we are going to watch the movie for the end of the year. Citizen Kane. I have to rethink my January choice. You then. really do, by the way, how you're yeah. going to like go into the new year. Okay. Okay, yeah, then. It's going to be, it's going to be a heady one for, to end it off. Virginia, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that is for next week. Mita, okay. do you have the parting words? I guess so. Yep. <laughs> You've got a mighty strong grip for a girl. Yeah. Cool. How is that like a, a sexy line? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's also, it's a movie in the 40s based on the turn of the century. So, like, fine. Fair. Fair. It's no jute de No, it's not, man. Clang, clang, clang. It's playing right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. This was a short episode. I hope you got your money's worth. That's all I can say. Thanks so much don't, for listening. Don't go see House of Gucci if you want your money's worth. <laughs> Mita really hated that. I really didn't yeah. like it. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for the final movie of 2021, Citizen Kane. Whoa, baby. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>